0: So when our kids uh, were younger, uh, about this time of the year, uh, Lori would always take them for, uh, on a trip to Oklahoma and they'd be there for a few weeks visiting uh, family uh, there in Oklahoma. And during that time, um, on a lot of those trips, I would stay in Pittsburgh and I would, I would work and then at the end of their time uh, at home, I would, I would go uh, to Oklahoma and be with them. And during those times, I would work here at the Bible Chapel, but I'll also have a project at home. It was always a great time to get a project done. A lot of the projects around our house took place during those times. I remember one year, my project was a small one, or so I thought, the redo of a hardwood floor in a small bathroom. And I rented, I went out and I rented the sander and the four grits of sandpaper to, to take off the polyurethane and the old polyurethane and the stain down to the bare wood and then to, to, to sand it off. It took out the toilet from the, from, from the bathroom. And, and it was a small room and it was a little awkward and it took me um, more time than, than I thought. But I remember one night finishing it and thinking, okay, that's fantastic. Now tomorrow, after work, I'm gonna come home and I'll start the process. I'll stain it. Then I can wait a day, let it dry, and then I'll polyurethane. So, went to work the next morning, and uh, came home, and I pulled into our garage, and I saw that the, that the water was dripping from the, uh, from the ceiling of our garage, and the bathroom sits right in that area. And, and I thought, which one of the kids left the water on? But then I realized they were in Oklahoma, so my, my default to blame the kids didn't work. So I went up, um, I, I went in the house trying to figure out where in the world is this water coming from and tracked it all the way in, into that uh, bathroom and, and there was like like a half an inch of water just all over them, my freshly sanded floor. And, and the toilet wasn't there so that wasn't it and the sink wasn't running so that wasn't it and I opened up a little cabinet underneath and there was that supply hose, you know that supply hose that goes up? And it was all fine except for one Little, like eight, eighth of an inch slit. And water was just shooting out of there. And it ruined my job. I had to wait, it dry it. I had to wait until the floor dried. And I had to start all over again. The hose was mostly fine. Just that little, little slit in the hose. Well, each of us are mostly Fine but we have this little slit right here <laughs> in our body. A little little slab of membrane enclosing complex array of muscles and nerves. In the average adult, it weighs two and a half ounces. Pretty small. But man, it can do some amazing things, some great things some hurtful things. In the New Testament, James wrote that that the tongue is like a a small rudder on a boat, this large ship. James was thinking of a large ship in his day, and that that huge ship was guided by this little rudder in the back. And and then he compared it uh, to a fire, just a small spark that would start an entire world forest on fire. That's what the tongue's like. And then he compared it to a wild beast. James chapter three, verse seven, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and curse. James says, my brothers, generic, my brothers and sisters. That should not be. Solomon in Proverbs said it like this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Open your Bibles to the middle, and you will be in the book of Psalms, one book over, and then you're in uh, Proverbs. We've been studying through this book written by Solomon, the third king of Israel, reigned from 971 to 931 uh, BC. Most of the book, not all of it, most of it is written by him. And uh, he's writing the Proverbs. Uh, for, for parents not only to live this truth out, but also to teach it to their children. To show their children what, 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 what daily uh, practice of, of, of living and following after Jesus uh, looks like. And to this point, we've looked at the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Awe and respect and reverence for God. We've looked at pride and humility. We've looked at resources. We've looked at friendship. It, what does it mean to be a true friend, according to uh, Solomon? Uh, sexuality, anger, and today we're going to learn what Solomon has to say, and he has a lot to say, about the power of words. We're going to see these three things today. First of all, we're going to see where words are conceived and developed. Then we're going to see the power of words, for good and bad and then several uh, practical applications. So let's start at the place where words are formed. Now, we all know that words in any language are sounds produced by our vocal cords that come out of our mouth in varying tones and pitches and speed and volumes. Uh, Words, man, are powerful. They allow us to communicate with each other at significant and, and, and meaningful levels. However... Before a word ever escapes our mouth, it is conceived and developed in our hearts. Remember when you're reading scripture and you see the word heart, not talking about, it's normally, not talking about the the, the muscle pumping blood through your body. But in scripture, when you see the word heart, it's the control center of your life. Uh, it is the, um, it's the, it's your mind, how you think. It's your emotions, how you feel. And it's your will, how you act. And Solomon, many times, will use a, a heart and our mouth, or our words, synonymously. Let me give you a couple examples. Proverbs 10, 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, and the heart of the wicked is is of little worth. He, he kind of uses those words the same because words first form in the heart before they ever come out the mouth. Uh, Proverbs 15, 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but not so the hearts of fools. Again, he uses those words synonymously because words come from the heart. Let me show you another, or a few other passages. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23, Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart, Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence for from it flows the springs of life. Your words, your actions, your emotions, it all comes from your heart, so keep your heart with diligence. Proverbs 15, 28. If you'll turn over there. fifteen twenty eight. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. They actually think about what they're going to say. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Proverbs 18.4. Proverbs 18.4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. Not just surface stuff, but the words are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Jesus said it best. He said it like this. For out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. Words come from our heart. I was speaking to a guy one time, and uh, he had said some things that offended a lot of people. So I told him, man, you 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 can't do that. You can't talk like that. Can't say stuff like that. And he said, Ron, are you serious? They were offended by that? I didn't mean I didn't mean what I said. Those were throwaway words. Unfortunately, no such thing as throwaway words. No mulligans, no do-overs. Our words go through an internal process from the heart to the lips. The process is quick sometimes too quick. And that's why we need to keep our heart with all diligence. That's why we need to ponder how to answer. That's why a man's mouth is deep waters. That's why James says in James 119, be quick to listen and then what? Slow to speak. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but there are there are moments just frozen in my mind of regretful things I've said, normally with my family. Uh, my dad was, died when I, uh, of cancer when I was 19. And I loved him and he loved me and, and, and there was no doubt about that. But I remember being in the hospital uh, with him uh, just in his last days and uh, he uh, was very uncomfortable and he asked me to help him kind of resituate himself and I did and then I sat back down and he called me back again because he was uncomfortable just like that and I said, man, can't you make up your mind? For some reason, I still regret that. She died just, I think the next day. There are things that I've said to, to our kids just frozen there. Why did I say that? I wish I had that time back. I've asked their forgiveness many, many times, and they've forgiven, but again, a word going out there. It sticks. It's, it's, you can forgive, but it's hard to forget sometimes, and I wish I'd done more to build them up instead of some of the words that I use, regretful times. In fact, I on your notes, uh, here at the bottom of the back page, I have a little blog that's called uh, The Day I Made My Daughter Cry, uh, it's a little blog that I did a few years ago, with some words I said to my to my our oldest daughter about a, 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 a softball game. Rec softball, and uh, and so I wrote a part of it, and then she wrote the other part. And I, I kind of wish she hadn't have written the other part, but yeah, uh, uh, it's in there as well. Because words come from the heart, they're powerful they're powerful to do great things solomon says that proverbs 10 11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life man it's a it's it's a life-giving expression the tongue of the righteous is choice silver the lips of the righteous feed many the lips of the righteous nourish people uh, feed many people uh, good for people Proverbs 12:18 says this the, the tongue of the wise brings healing man we know that there, there are times we got that we got that email or we got that card or whatever and and it was just just the healing came over a, our soul because of what someone said or a text message or 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 an email Proverbs 15:2 uh, the, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge uh, that's Solomon's way of saying that 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 the tongue of the wise makes knowledge look attractive and desirable. The tongue of the wise speaks the truth, and they live it out in a way that others want to imitate it. Their words are powerful for good, for building up people. And it's the other side of the coin, right? Words are powerful for tearing down people. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Actually, like the way the NIV says it better, says it, I think it's better. Reckless words pierce like a sword. Boy, we know that to be true, don't we? Reckless words pierce like a sword. Proverbs 15, 1, a harsh word stirs up anger. Don't we know that? Someone says something to us that's harsh and our emotions just get riled up inside. Sometimes we say something back we shouldn't. We'll talk about that in a second. But it stirs up anger inside. Proverbs 16, 27, a worthless man's plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire and it burns through our soul. Proverbs 18, 6, a fool's lips walk into a fight. His mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Researchers tell us most marriages break up because of three things, communication, money, and sex. Communication, because two people can't talk to each other without tearing each other down. And here's the deal. If you say something to your spouse and it hurts them once, okay, but if that happens as a habit, they put up a defense mechanism because no one wants to be hurt. So when you come around, my defenses are up, my shield is up, and I'm probably not going to hear much of what you say because it hurts too bad. want to let the shield down. Ecclesiastes twelve, verse ten: the lips of a fool consume him. Now remember, words matter; they're powerful because of their origin. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If if you if you really want to know what's in a person's heart, or if you want to know what's in your own heart, just evaluate your your words. Listen closely to a person's words. Okay, so the true believer has this right standing before God. That's what we've been seeing. Uh, in the, the book of Proverbs. Remember, the book of Proverbs, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It always starts with God. Uh, Solomon always uses this word for God, Yahweh. It's uh, all caps in the English version. It means a, a, the God of covenant, the God of relationship, the God who stooped down and breathed into man the breath of life, the God who cares about us, the God who is with us, the God who walks with us. That's the God we serve. That's the God Solomon wants us to know about. And in the book of Proverbs, there are two people. Uh, this person here, he describes as the wicked. Uh, they reject God. They have nothing to do with God. They don't even think about God. And he calls them a fool. Their actions are foolish. And this person over here is called uh, righteous. They are described as wise. And they are wise because they fear, they fear God righteousness in the book of Proverbs has two parts to it. This is important for us to know. First, there is the position, and then there is the practice. The position is when we trust in Jesus Christ alone as the only way to have a relationship with the living God. We have a we are made right by Jesus. We can't make ourselves right. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says Jesus makes us righteous. He's done all the work for us, so we're made righteous. That's the first part of righteousness. That's the, that's the positional part, but there's also the practice. When we're made righteous, then we want to do right things. That's called obedience. And Solomon's all about obedience. The reason he wrote his book was Everyday Wisdom for Everyday Life. Here's how you do righteous things. Things. So when it comes to words, he says, here are some things believers have to deal with. I think I have four here. First, we need to address and avoid corrupt and foul speech. Proverbs 4 24. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Crooked speech means morally twisted perverted it could be it could be dishonest talk it could be bragging it could be words that should never be in a in a believer's vocabulary yeah i know everyone else says those words but we're different we don't have to say those words Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says this, let no corrupting talk, by the way the Greek word there is rotten, let no rotten talk come from your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So we need to be those who avoid and address corrupt or foul speech coming from our heart. Secondly, Solomon says you got to address gossip. If there's gossip going on, you got to address it. Proverbs eleven thirteen: Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps the thing covered. Right? So there are some people you're just not going to tell anything because if you tell them, it's going to be broadcast. That's the gossiper. Solomon likes to call the gospel the whisperer. Always going around whispering. The, the, the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. Boy, we know that to be true. Isn't there there's something in human nature when someone comes and says, I got something to tell you, but please, you can't. You gotta swear not to tell anybody else. It's like there's a big old piece of chocolate cake with chocolate, raspberry, truffle, Brewster's ice cream, and like chocolate on the top of that, right? It's like a delicious morsel, and we say, "Oh, we want to hear that." But uh, Solomon says, don't, "Don't go there." Proverbs sixteen twenty eight: A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Man, how many people have lost friends over something they? wrote on a Facebook page or something they texted to a friend they thought was private or an email that that went out. I have a good friend who says whenever you type an email before you hit send read it again and if you wouldn't be comfortable with that email being on the front page of the newspaper don't hit send. That uh, That has saved me more than once. Proverbs 16, uh, 27, whoever digs a pit, this verse says that if you're a whisperer, it's going to come back to get you. It's just going to come back to get you. Whoever digs a pit, it's going to fall into it. Whoever starts the, the gossip stone rolling, it's going to get up to the top of the hill. You're going to be standing there, and it's going to come back and roll right over you. At some point or another, your sin's going to be found out. So, gossip. We have to address that and avoid it. Flattery is the next one. Proverbs 28, 26, 28, a lying tongue hates its victims and a flattering mouth works ruin. Someone has said flattery is described as as saying something to a person's face you would never say behind their back. It's an insidious sin to look at someone and pump them up all the time, knowing in your heart you don't mean a word of it. David uh, wrote this in, in uh, Psalm 55. David had a couple psalms where some friends had just turned on him, and that was painful. And David said, my companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. Check this out. His speech was as smooth as butter, yet, Man, he, when he talked with me, he was flattering me. His speech was as smooth as butter. Yet there was war in his heart. His, his words were softer than oil. You would have thought I, I, I was the best thing since sliced bread, man. He was pumping me up like crazy. Yet in his heart, man, his words were drawn swords. The flatterer. Proverbs 26, turn over there, 26 Uh, 23. Check this out. Like the glaze covering like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart when he speaks graciously what? Don't. Believe it, for there are seven abominations in his heart. That doesn't mean there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It means a number of completion. His heart is full of abomination. Though his hatred is covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. The flatterer, one more, Proverbs 29, 5, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. If you buy into flattery, that person is spreading a net for your feet because it's going to come back to bite you. And we've all experienced that. Here's another thing we need to avoid or address, and that's being judgmental. Proverbs 11 and 12 says, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever belittles his neighbor, that word means to despise or show contempt. It demonstrates, it reflects an attitude of of pride and an attitude of being judgmental. And it's interesting, through the Proverbs and throughout Scripture, how we treat our neighbor, now that's not just the person next door to us, but our network of friends, how we treat our network of friends is the essential ingredient of practicing righteousness, that's, where it's, that's, the, that's the laboratory. That's the real life stuff. That's where the rubber meets the road. You can't live a Christian life by yourself. You apply these passages when, you are interact, when you're interacting with other people. And we're expected in Scripture to protect the life and or protect the reputation of a neighbor. All right, things to avoid. Let's go through some application. Practical application from the Proverbs. First of all, Solomon says, stay away from a gossiper. Stay away from a gossiper. Proverbs 20, 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, don't associ- do not associate with a bab- simple babbler. Just don't associate with them. You're going to share a secret with them, it is going to be broadcast. You're going to share something that you're not going to mean to share, and it's going to hurt people. Don't associate with them. Proverbs 26, 20, for the lack of wood the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Just don't go there. Don't entertain it. And fire goes out. Here's another one. Not only stay away from a gossiper, but guard your lips. Whoever guards his lips preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 13:3. David said it this way in Psalm one three, a prayer, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Man, that's a prayer we need to pray a lot, and I need to pray that prayer a lot. Proverbs 10.19, where words are many, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. I, can't, I honestly cannot tell you how many times I left my house and gotten on uh, Route 19 to drive the, the two miles here to the church praying, God, I got this meeting today. Help me keep my mouth shut. Just don't let me talk. Keep my mouth shut. I got an elders meeting, I got an elders meeting tomorrow night. Lord, just help me say the right words. Help me keep my mouth shut when it needs to be shut. When words are many... Sin is present, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. uh, Proverbs 17, 27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. I was talking to a guy after the service. Uh, Some of you know this guy. He's a great friend. Al Schneider. He's been around here for. A long time. We go way back. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, yeah, I like those Proverbs. He said, I, I knew a guy like that. Um, uh, no idle talk. No idle talk, man. When he said something, it was right to the point. No idle talk. Man, was he boring. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what Proverbs is getting. You don't have to be a boring person. But watch what you say. Stay away from the gossiper. Guard your lips. Be discerning. With your words, Proverbs sixteen twenty one. The wise of heart is called discerning. That word, discerning, is a beautiful word. It means it means showing good judgment. It means it means seeing. It means look, being able to see under the surface. We want to be a discerning person. The heart of the wise is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. We'll talk about that in a second. Proverbs twenty three twenty nine. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool. For he will despise the good sense of your words. You speak in the hearing of a fool. He can take your words. He'll twist them around and pretty soon there'll be it out there that you're saying stuff you never said. Just don't do that. Be careful. Be discerning what you share with whom. Proverbs 26.6 Whoever sends a messenger by the hand whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet. And drinks violence. So stay away from a gossiper. Guard your lips. Be discerning. Here's one. This would be a good one for all of us, for sure me. Think before you know what? Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 21:23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself. Out of trouble. Proverbs 15, 23, to make an apt answer, to give the right answer, is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good is it? Proverbs 15, 28, here's the key verse for this application, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. They think about it. They ponder it, and they guard their heart with all all diligence so that sometimes that quick word doesn't come out in a way we wish it hadn't come out. The next one, timing is everything, right? Some things need to be said, just not now. Some things need to be shared, but this is not the time to do it. Have you ever had a conversation with your spouse, and after it was over, you thought to yourself, that probably wasn't a good time to do that. Never happened with me, but I've heard it's happened (laughs) with other people. Proverbs 25, 20, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day, like vinegar on soda. Proverbs 27, 14, I love this one. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it's gonna be counted as a cursing. (laughs) Couple more. Use words to calm. Not to agitate. Use words to calm. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs 16, 21, wise of heart. It's called discerning. Here we go. The sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Man, we could get a lot farther with a lot of people if we didn't get angry and we didn't use harsh words and we didn't use sharp words and we didn't try to outdo them all the time. But just sweetness of speech increases Persuasiveness. Proverbs 16, 20, 23, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Proverbs 15, 1, here's the key verse for this application. A soft answer, or the NIV, I like the word better, a gentle answer, turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. How many times someone said something to us and man, we shoot that arrow back and all of a sudden two people are heightened with their emotions and their anger and if we would just bit our tongue for a second and just come back with a gentle answer, there would have been no argument at all. One more. Stay away from a gossiper guard your lips be discerning with your words think before you speak timing is everything use words to calm and use words to build up parents everybody use words to build up proverbs 12:25 says this anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad we've experienced that haven't we going through a challenging time, a discouraging time, a time when when, when there's anxiety in our heart and we get that text, we get that email, we get that phone call, we get that note, and it's just a good word. And it just diffuses the anxiety going on. You know why? Because we realize that someone took the time to think about us, to pray about us, and took the time to in their heart, script a message, took the time to send it to us. It goes back to the heart, right? Proverbs 15:30 The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Here's one of my favorites: Proverbs 25:11. A word fitly spoken the right word at the right time is like apples of gold and settings of silver isn't that a beautiful picture that word rightly spoken man when you say that right word at the right time to your kid your child and you build them up you can see the sparkle in their eyes and that's better than apples of gold in fitting of A setting of silver. When you encourage someone and you give them the right word at the right time and you pray, Lord, I don't have any, man, I go into situations all the time, Lord, I have nothing to say. Give me a word, give me something to say. Give me the right passage to read. And when it comes from God, it's like, oh, man, Lord, thank you. And word fitly spoke, apples of gold and settings of silver. Words are powerful, aren't they? That's why we have to guard our lips at all times. Set a guard over my lips, oh Lord. Researchers in communication say that um, 15 to 20 positive comments are wiped out by one negative comment. 15 to 20, that's a lot of work, isn't it? In one negative, wipes it out. We don't need researchers to tell us that, do we? How many times have you been in a in a conversation, and it's, it's been going really, really well, and then there's that little shot. It's just just maybe 15 words in the whole conversation, but those are the 15 words you remember. You have an argument at the first of the day if you're married. And those are the words you remember during the day. You have a whole evening. It's been a beautiful evening. But then, you didn't guard your mouth. You said something you shouldn't have said, and it ruins the whole evening. And that's the least of it. You can run a whole marriage. You can ruin a whole relationship. You can run a whole church. We have to guard our words.